This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Without further ado, uh, it, well, what should come as consolation not only to Bill, but for everybody that is not earning an extra $1,000 today, is you get to hear a little bit from Brian Kilmeade, New York Times bestselling author, co-anchor of Fox & Friends on the Fox News Channel, and a nationally syndicated radio talk show host. Brian, it's great to talk with you. How was the Super Bowl? Uh, it was a good game. Uh, you know, interesting week. Uh, I think they, they mislabeled Phoenix a desert because it was freezing. Uh, but uh, it was it was really uh, it was an interesting week. I haven't done the Super Bowl in a few years, so it was it was good to get out there and and uh, and see what's going on in the rest of the world. And uh, last week, when we were talking at this time, you indicated you didn't see any way that the Eagles could lose. Are you blaming the holding call for your inaccurate prediction? No, just inaccurate. I, I would say that I was shocked that the the second half turned around like this. I thought to myself, they're one possession away from blowing them out by halftime. And th- this the game changed so dramatically afterwards. And it was when you see Patrick Mahomes limping off the field, the team trailing by 10 points, halftime looming. I'm about to get the ball back. I mean, when this guy gets off the field, he's limping and it doesn't get any better. So he's trying to walk off the, the ankle injury which he came in injured, and I'm thinking, these guys are going to get crushed. I'm wondering if Fox Ratings is just going to plummet after mm, the third quarter. Right. But he, they just start running the ball, and we all know what happened. 113 million people watch that, are a record audience. Uh, obviously, I'm sure the competitiveness of the game uh, is, is a factor here, but I think people really, they have an appetite for football that is unquenchable at this point. Doesn't that seem that uh, this is the days of wine and roses as far as football is concerned? I mean, then you have the XFL that starts this weekend, and then you have the USFL, which is backed by Fox and NBC, which is ready to start, I believe, in uh, late April. So America's going to get their full uh, their fill of football. And believe it or not, USFL first year, first spring league to come back for a second year, had higher ratings than the MLS and some hockey games. And so America loves football. And arena football is coming back, too, which was defunct for a while. Do you see any of these uh, alternative football leagues, XFL, USFL, or the Arena Football League 2.0, uh, maybe not being a competitor for the, with the NFL, but it, at least getting to the point where they have long-term sustainability? Yeah, I definitely am. I mean, in fact, I talked to so many people at Fox who owns a, a majority of the league. And they're in for the long term. They think they've got a great property. They're doing it right uh, for venues now. So New Jersey's not going to play in New Jersey for probably another year. You're not going to play uh, Detroit, Canton, which is near Cleveland. Detroit, there's a, a team in Michigan, the Panthers, uh, Memphis Showboats. And then you have the Birmingham Stallions, which averaged 22,000, the only team to really have a home game. They're just trying to keep expenses down. And they want to be fiscally responsible. Now owners are lining up. And what they're going to do is never compete with the NFL, but be a triple A. Mm. It makes total sense to me. I mean, think about this. How many play, athletes develop at 22, 23, 24? But, you know, you go to, a, you know, you go to Miami of Ohio or 
you go to Long Island University, and you bloom late. But I don't make the NFL, so I quit. No Europe. Nobody plays anywhere. So now you have a place to go. Now, the, one of the USFL uh, returners ended up being all pro for the Cowboys last year. He was out of football. It's an incredible thing. And look, I hope they, they all do well. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the uh, the XFL and the USFL games. So hopefully hopefully uh, those are uh, as compelling as, uh, as some of the games were last year. Now, in terms of uh, the political scene, which is America's other world sport these days, this week the uh, Republican presidential field of declared candidates grew by 100% with former South Carolina governor and former U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley jumping in. I have devoted my life to this fight, and I'm just getting started. For a strong America, for a proud America, I am running for president of the United States of America. How do you see uh, Nikki Haley's prospects at this point, Brian? Um, You know, I see her lasting through uh, New Hampshire and then going south. The the thing Nikki Haley has going for her is competence. She knows all these issues. She, She knows what it's like to be a governor. She doesn't get... You know, she knows it was time to take down the Confederate flag in South Carolina. I know that's crazy for us here in New York. Why would you be flying the Confederate flag? But uh, different heritage. She's uh, taking it down. You know, I, I think that she was great as you an ambassador, more uh, like a State Department person who was direct, reporting directly to the president. And I think she's got great composure, got the husbands in the military. A lot of people are dismissing her, including the former president, saying she's got 2%. Barack Obama was getting 2%. So I, I'm, I am more bullish on her than almost everybody that I saw last night. And the thing that she's going to have trouble doing is she, she says, for, if you're after 75 years old, you should get a competency test. That's clearly a shot at Trump. Mm. All right. But then when Sean Hannity asked her last night, uh, basically, what do you do different than President Trump? I'm talking about Joe Biden. That's not going to work. It, you're going to have to go directly at former president. Agree with him on this, this, and this. Here's where the rubber hit the road, Syria. Here's where the rubber hit the road. I would have been, never would have met with Kim Jong-un, whatever it is. So you can't keep going at Joe Biden for the nomination. And Tim Scott's going to have a hard time, too, because most of the policies that they all are for, Donald Trump initiated. So it's going to be, you can't go on there with uh, and win a Republican nomination and totally divest yourself from anything you did with President Trump. So I don't think she's thought that through. Do you? I I, I don't. I, I think she's maybe running for vice president here. And I think uh, that might be what this is about. But the, what I have a tough time uh, look seeing uh, is a lane for her because – a lot of the Trump people are not going to be for her because she kind of violated her pledge not to run against Trump. And she's at cross purposes uh, with Trump now in terms of uh, seeking the same nomination that he's seeking. She also was critical of him after the January 6th situation. But she's also not going to appeal to the anti-Trump people because she was a part of the Trump administration and praised him and defends her friendship with him and was his U.N. ambassador. So I I guess unless Trump is out of the race for either, you know, health reasons, God forbid, or legal reasons, I can't see I don't really see Elaine for her being the nominee. But do you see Elaine for anyone then outside Yunkin? They're all associated with President Trump. 
I mean, Governor Hogan's got no shot. I mean, a moderate from Maryland, and the state's a mess. Uh, you know, might be a nice guy. I, I, don't, I don't find him compelling. So everybody else is linked with Trump. Pompeo, Tim Scott. I mean, Tim Scott did the empowerment zones. They was there, he was there all the time. Um, who else? Ted Cruz is not running. So yeah, Mike Pompeo, my goodness, he was, he was very loyal to Trump. I don't know if he's going to say I was forced to do the Afghanistan uh, negotiation. I don't want to do it. I, you know, and I, I don't know because a lot of people who support Donald Trump thinks that he want they want to get out of Afghanistan. I didn't. I, I would I wanted to keep twelve hundred troops there or five thousand, whatever it was. So, who what? else is going to get I into the fray that's the, not linked with Trump? The one candidate you didn't mention is Ron DeSantis, who does seem, depending on which poll you look at, to be doing really well in a hypothetical matchup with Trump. Yes, and he's different uh, in, a, in a way because he's doing a lot of things that Trump didn't do because he's governor of a state and he's getting in there with CRT and he's blowing up the AP exam and he's taking on Disney uh, and their wokeness, something they weren't able to do in Georgia. They just caved. So there was some domestic, there was some state issues that he did on his own. Uh, so, but he is, if without Donald Trump, he doesn't get the endorsement. Um, he doesn't get the nomination and beat. Uh, win the governorship by one point one time, and then he wins by 20 the next time. So there's a strong link there. With Trump's attack on him, he calls him meatball. Uh, I don't know if people have been around Ron DeSantis. Uh, I, he was, but he's not fat. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I couldn't tell. It, and and you, my, you know, I'll be honest, my eyes kind of glaze over with the Trump name calling because I just find it so tiresome. But I, I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be a shot at his physique or if it oh, was yeah. supposed to be an anti-Italian thing because DeSantis is Italian. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah. I never because there is Swedish meatballs. So just keep in mind. <laughs> don't true. get offended about everything, Frank. That's so, true. Yeah, but but yeah, um right. so but you're right. I mean I never thought about that because he did, you know, try to alienate the Asian community by going after um right, Elaine Chow. Wife. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, um but is the best thing for <laughs> Trump a a big field of candidates? I mean, I would think so, right? I mean, if there's seven candidates all splitting the anti-Trump vote, I would think that's a much better position for the former president than if it's a one-on-one with him and DeSantis or him and anyone else. Well, a couple of things. Yes, uh, that's the theory and I I subscribe to it. But do you know how deep he goes on his uh, opposition research? He brought up in 2011 um, remarks Nikki Haley made about cutting Medicare and Social Security. And I noticed that in 2015 when he was running. I said, wait a second. You got opposition on everybody, not just low energy Jeb Bush, but you knew something about Huckabee, the way he ran Arkansas when they they briefly had a skirmish. Marco Rubio, he had uh, – he had things on Rubio. I said to myself, wow, for a guy that looks like he's up there winging it, mm. he certainly can go deep. You know, Ted Cruz, we all know Ted Cruz was conspiring uh, to, to, uh, with his dad to assassinate JFK. Yeah. I mean, that was ridiculous. But, uh, but the, the other stuff about Ted Cruz is interesting. He doesn't belong here. He's really from Canada. You know, and I don't know. Uh, so Trump will go deep. He'll do his research. He'll get on the stage. But I think that Nikki Haley last night with John Hannity should have just said, this is where I'm different than President Trump rather than he's 78 years old. He needs a competency well, exam. Yeah, that's why I do think maybe she is running for vice president because she didn't go out of her way to attack uh, Trump on anything substantive. 
uh, where she might differ from him. And I, I guess foreign policy is the easiest area because, uh, you know, obviously her experience with the U.N. and, and that whole thing. But uh, I guess we'll see where it goes. Hey, uh, the other thing that you have been all over and just doing a great job covering is this Ohio train derailment. What is the situation like there in Ohio? What do we know about uh, how we got here and where we're going? I was stunned this week when we booked Bill Johnson, who represent a Republican Air Force officer who represents uh, Palestine, the people of Palestine in that district. He said, well, no, the water's fine and uh, the testing's good and the, those are the normal amount of fish that are dying. And we're getting it. I said, well, I was stunned after I hung up the interview. And I go, Am I mis- did I mislabel this? You know, because I sat on the plane coming back from Phoenix. I'm all ready to go with these issues. And I'm thinking to myself, what do you mean there's no problem? And now Bill Johnson showed up last night. You know who didn't? Mayor Pete. And know who didn't show up in the town hall? Uh, Northern Southern. Uh, the uh, Norfolk Southern. The guys who owned the train. Mm. Go, well, we thought our security was at risk. Uh, are you kidding? I mean, f- Bill, Bill Johnson, snap out of it. These people, you evidently, our reporters are there. They say the smell is, is strong throughout the whole town. Who picked up just one mile evacuation zone? Imagine that. One mile evacuation zone, now you can go back to your life. Now, really, uh, now with the water, you could use the water. But although, if I'm governor, I'm going to use a bottle of water. Well, which one is it? So they're not getting answers. They're being cast aside. The administration doesn't address it. The Secretary of Transportation doesn't show up. And this group doesn't show up. You need the president on the phone with this group saying, you get down there and you deal with these people that say, we'll be on the ground. We, just, we feel as though we're going to be physically threatened. You have that little respect for the community and law enforcement. You think that you, uh, a town hall is going to get out of hand? Mm. If you have the answer to the questions, show up. And by the way, what is going on with all these trains? There was a derailment in, uh, in South Carolina. There was, a, there was a problem on the tracks in Texas. You, you, all of a sudden, you've got toxic chemicals and a axles breaking on a train. Do you ever remember stuff like this? No, this is uh, this is unprecedented. So what do you think it's about? Do you think it's a failure of uh, America's infrastructure or is it something else? I think there's a lot. I think, you know, I know very little about transporting toxic chemicals. I just don't have that in my background. But I don't I just wondering why would you put something like this on a train through a town and not alert people? Evidently, they want Underneath the 10 of the 15 cars were full of these toxic chemicals that used to burn people's eyes out and guts out in World War I. Uh, I believe it's called vinyl chloride. And now all of a sudden you're traveling through and there's no alert in the area because they didn't have every car filled up or more than half the cars filled up with this toxic chemical. So they're trying to skate through. And they're going through these towns, all of them at risk. They have a derailment and their best risk Mm. and their best approach is Let's blow it up to a controlled detonation. I was watching one of these uh, hazardous chemical uh, person last night with Tucker, and he said, I would never have done that because you lose uh, of uh, the chemicals. You don't know what's going in the water. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm willing to admit I've never dealt with a situation like this. I've never been a part of fixing a derailed train. But I would be asking the questions, and I would be demanding answers and I could not be more let down, and maybe I shouldn't be, maybe I should expect it. The Transportation Secretary 
doesn't show up. No one blames him for a train derailment. At least try to get right, answers. Right, right. I mean, people. it's a, the same uh, criticism of uh, of uh, of Brown after uh, Hurricane Katrina. Part of the re- response was uh, cosmetic. I mean, you know, what could uh, he have actually done if he went to New Orleans after Katrina? But it's uh, it conveys an image that you're actually concerned about something. Hey, um, tell me what's uh, coming up on Fox and Friends and on radio today, Brian. Well, uh, radio got a great lineup. Um, I'm going to lead with that. Uh, Mark Thiessen going to be with this Congressman Michael Waltz. He's been in these private uh, briefings on this balloon situation. George P. Bush is in studio. Uh, I'm going to talk to him. He joined a law firm. You know, he lost. They, all the Bushes lost at one point. What's next for him? He also is an expert on the border and energy. Uh, Lee Zeldin's going to be on. Uh, who better to break down what the Republican message will be? And can anyone take out Trump? Lee Zeldin and Dan Bielak. It's been one year. He's head of uh, the Treasury for the Ukrainian government. It's been one year since uh, the invasion, and now uh, the Ukrainians standing strong, but they're about to absorb a huge between 200,000 Russian army invasion at five different points. Are they equipped to do it? There's meetings in Munich right now to try to rally support around them. There's a lot of people listening to us right now, Frank, that don't want us in Ukraine, mm. want us to ignore it. They don't understand it is not an option. The Ukrainians are taking out our enemy, and they're moving already, the Russians, to Moldova. They'll finish off Georgia and then I Poland. At one point, we're going to be, if we don't stop them here using Ukraine, and Ukraine can't stop them, we are going to be in a world war. They're our best chance to stop it. Most people listening to us right now, uh, and you might not agree with me, and, that, and that's fine, don't agree with me. Uh, Mark Levin obviously does. I think Sean does. Tucker does not. Charlie Kirk does not. Laura Ingram, I don't think does. Uh, there's a lot of people. Uh, well, I, that's what I think. It's Will great Kane. to have the diversity of, uh, of views, right? right. Hear all, all points of view, right? That's what talk radio is about. It's what cable news is uh, at at its best yeah, about. Yeah, no one sings from the same hymn sheet here. I to me, it's so abundantly clear. But and I just think there's so much at stake. So that I'm going to talk. I'm touching. I might even do my opening monologue on Saturday about it. But a lot of people just don't want to hear it because, it, you know, America gets re- remarkably bored of their conflicts. If they're not over it, they don't start quick and end quick. Right. Unless we're so shooting at that's balloons. That's for sure. All right. Uh, Brian, uh, it's always great to talk with you. It's a treat to talk with you each week. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that interview with Lee Zeldin, especially. We'll see you on radio. We'll see you on TV. Thank you. Go get him, Frank. 15 seconds of fame in a moment. 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. Other side of midnight. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.